five, four, three, two, one. Hello, you are tuned into another episode of Styles and Driss. It is Saturday, uh, December 30th. The year is almost over. Yep. And um, I'm ready for a fresh start. Fuck yeah. It's amazing. You know, 2023 has been uh, has been amazing, has been great. Mm-hmm. Lots of good opportunities. Um, lots of good people um, that I've met and I'm sure that you have met along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm... I'm just ready Hell to, yeah. to start. And, you know, it's uh, there's that, that cliche saying where it's like, well, you don't need the new year to start. You just start now, which is very right. true. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if you want to start something, just fucking do it. Right. Um, but when you're already in that type of mindset, it's good to just have a little refresh and, yeah. you know, set a time. So here we are. Um, we're about a week away from... Um, doing another flow state and uh, remind our audience of where it's going to be at. It is going to be at the rock, the R O K bar, which is over in, <clears throat> excuse me. It's uh, right in front of Schmidt artist loft, right off of West seventh street. Um, the address escapes me again. Um, that's fine. Yeah. We'll post it in the, um, in the bio yeah. or in the description here. Yeah, I think it's, I want to say it's like the 800 block. It's like 877 or something like that, but don't quote me on that yet. Yeah, if you're just going down West 7th and you've been to Schmidt's Artist Lofts, on West 7th where you go to take a right into that little alley, not really alleyway, but drive drive-through way, mm-hmm. it's just right across the street. It, it looks like it's attached to Schmidt's. Yeah, it. The I think the place used to be an eatery before. Mm-hmm. There's like a there's like a little micro center kind of. And I mean like the yeah. So the um, uh, what's it called again? Um, I think it just got sold off. Actually, the partners that we were going to try and buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a little brewery and food hall in there. Yep. I can't remember for the life of me, and that just shows why we didn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. It's there. Yeah. So come through. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gathering a bunch of new tracks for this specific event. Um, I'll be doing a little film for it as well uh, at the event itself, mm-hmm. you know, with my new little toy. Yeah. Um, if you're a pervert, you're probably laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not a pervert, you should You, sh- you should laugh. <laughs> you should laugh anyways. No, it's not a dildo. Um, it's vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I ended up getting the, um, the new DJI Osmo Pocket gimbal. Okay. Which has been fantastic. Uh, there's like a shitload of reviews. People are going crazy over it. Like mm-hmm. It was sold out for damn near maybe two months. Okay. Um, I lucked out and waited a little bit and ended up getting it. First of all, my company got it because mm-hmm. we're going to be using that to film our company podcast, uh, which will be coming soon. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um they got in and, you know, me being like a tech nerd or geek or whatever, you know, I, I used to be fucking insane about tech. Mm-hmm. Um, still kind of am, but, you know, I've calmed down because that shit gets expensive. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they ended up getting it. So, you know, our CMO, shout out to Winnie, uh, was fucking around with it. You know, and she's also, she's like an influencer. She's a YouTube influencer, actually. She's like one of the first in YouTube. Um, if you like look her up, it's like lace sassafras, you'll see like all her shit, but she was like one of the originals mm-hmm. to kill it. Um, she was messing around with them. I'm like, Winnie, let me see that. So I just snatched it and just took it with me for a few days, learned it. I'm like, fuck, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. So ended up getting that for myself as like a Christmas gift. Now I was curious about this. Is it, you, you said it's a gimbal. I, I thought it was the camera and the gimbal, but it's, it's your, your GoPro is going on top of that. And then I don't have a GoPro. I thought you had a GoPro. I had a GoPro. Okay. Sold it. This is the DJI Osmo gimbal. Okay. So pocket it, gimbal. So it's the camera that's already in the gimbal itself. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, I was curious about that when you first uh, showed the. Uh, you sent me a link, and I was like checking it out and stuff, and I was like, I didn't know if you got like the whole rig with like the camera and everything was like all part of like one piece, or if it was like you could at- attach like a camera to. No, said gimbal. So no, it says in that. It shows in that video. <laughs> in that video, it shows itself. 
like the, the actual yeah deal. But the, but I'm saying like the the camera itself, it, it looked like a GoPro, and I was like, so wait, did you just like it was just a it's just a fancy gimbal? So that that was what why I was kind of confused about it. So turnstile. I didn't watch it all the way through, dog. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yourself. It's cheaper. No. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I messed around with it a little bit last night at session, mm-hmm. just like recording random shit and leaving like a one minute clip. I'll probably post it on my dance Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, we have to make a Instagram page. Yeah, we show do. you how to do this shit. Yep. Got to hold your hand and maybe your balls. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, which is okay. They're nice and soft. Yep. Um, and sometimes colorful. Yes, I shave and baby powder. So, hundred percent. Which baby powder? Um, I use the Arm and Hammer talk oh, free. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like to contribute to the Johnsons. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. I no. figured you know you might as well keep it one stop shop. Yeah. Exactly. You got to you got to stay brand friendly and brand loyal, right? Mm-hmm. No, um, no. I was, I was uh, I've been contemplating getting a, a different setup. Um, I don't know if I should just start with like a better phone and then go from there, or if I should just get like um, something like a camera that's just like sp- specifically dedicated, like the same thing that you had. Where okay, you're talking to a tech geek right now, right? Right. I'm gonna tell you right now, don't go cheap on it. Okay. So, I know everyone likes to cut corners and shit. Like, dude, trust me, quality quality always wins. Okay. Um, and yes, you'll spend money, mm-hmm. but you'll get a good. So, here's the thing: if you want to go the phone route, it'll probably be way more simple. If you're not like a too much of like a tech kind of guy, mm-hmm. maybe getting a better phone is the better option. Mm-hmm. I suggest an iPhone. Yeah. To be honest, fuck Android. Yes. Samsung made the screens for iPhones. Yes, they have a decent sized camera, but there's it's so complex that it's not for the average, mm-hmm. you know, chill user. Right. You know, which I think you probably are, like the average chill user. You don't like to get too complex with it. So either get a new iPhone, get one of the new ones, mm-hmm. or get exactly what I have, which is the DJI Osmo mm-hmm. Gimbal. Because it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's user friendly. It's for the new vlogger. It's for it's for the someone that doesn't have experience with cameras at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just watch the damn fucking YouTube videos I send you, yeah. and you won't be lost. Um, but yeah, that's what I recommend. So either an iPhone because they still have the best camera quality to this day. Mm-hmm. They still kick ass with it, or get the DJI Osmo gimbal. Mm. Regardless, they're about the same price. Maybe the iPhone might cost you more depending on how many gigs you get. Mm-hmm. So, how much footage are you going to take on it? Yeah, do you know? Um, that depends because, like, the thing that I was trying to figure out um, mostly was I would use it for some dance footage, but a lot of it I'd be doing for DJing. So um, the thing that I want to make sure is that if I can like set it up on a um, on a good mount system, um, and uh, just pretty much be able to like you know plug in my um, my interface because I, I can go uh, directly off of my um, my mixer into the audio, so that way I don't have to like sync it up later and do like a whole you know elaborate thing or try to use like the the stock microphone that's like on there. Sure. Um, and then at least that way, then it's just like because unless Unless there's, like, any reason for me to, like, be talking at the camera without even the aid of my microphone, which I would also plug into my mixer anyway, mm-hmm. then, you know, I can kind of just have everything just be all done, like, um, internally that way. Well, I haven't experienced, um, or I haven't messed around with the DJI gimbal mm-hmm. uh, with DJing. Okay. I actually sold my, my interface because mm-hmm. I, I was like, fuck it, why am I, it's just no point for me to stream. You know, there's, like, right. gigs that are coming out now, just put, right. out, put out mixes and, mm-hmm. you know hope for the best or yeah. promote yourself or whatever. Right. Um, so I haven't messed with that on that end, but you can do it with your iPhone. I've mm-hmm. done it with my iPhone yeah. where I've set it up and had my connect my interface and everything to it. Yeah. Uh, the only issue is that if that's going to be your new phone, get ready for phone calls. Right. Interrupting your stream. Yeah. Um, so if that being said, maybe it might be best for you to actually go with a, with a camera itself. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, whether it be like um, like a Logitech mm-hmm. 
camera. Right. Those streaming cameras are the, probably the best way to go. Maybe your cheapest option. Mm-hmm. But if you want to use it for dance, well, you know, regardless, you're going to have to spend some money. Man. Yeah. You're going to have to drop some dough. Um, and again, I said, like I said, don't go cheap with it. Right. Um, a lot of things that people do that is they'll, they'll get like secondhand shit. Mm-hmm. Never, never fucking buy secondhand. Um, uh, what's it called? Tech, not tech. Okay. Um, especially if you you're you can't like take a look at it and right. like view it and like mess around with it. Mm-hmm. That's the a lot of people buy tech. Like for example, Ty, mm-hmm. one of his mixers. Um, it was a Pioneer mixer. It was the the gold plated. Yeah. One. Yep. He fucking bought that shit secondhand used, never even was able to like mess around with it, check it out, you mm-hmm. know, and and inspect it. And it came in and it was like all fucked up. Yeah. I was like, dude, why did you buy Like, just spend the damn money, mm-hmm. you know? Because if anyone's going to take really good care of it, it's going to be you. Right. Right. Because you're dropping hella loot on it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just it's just the best way to go, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think, um, when it comes down to that too, if you know the person that's selling something secondhand and you know that they're a very careful user, then that can be a, a safe bet. But when it's like, you know, you go on like, you know, Facebook marketplace and someone's like, Oh yeah, I got a pair of CDJs for, you know, X amount of dollars and stuff. And yeah, if you don't like know how to pressure test it, like immediately there on the spot, yeah, you can run into something where all of a sudden you'll notice that, you know, one button doesn't work or, you know, the loop function yeah. is faulty on one of them or something. And then congratulations, you know, you spent spent a grand on something that, like, if you would have just paid 1500 then you would have been, all yeah. those problems would have been alleviated. And so, yeah. you have a warranty to back it up as right. well. That's why, like, when I got my, um, my controller, my uh, RX3, um, I think... It, I can't remember if I told the story before on the podcast, but I this was this was still on kind of like the um, the downturn of um, quarantine and everything. So like stuff was starting to open back up, but it was still like you know slow slow and go right. And Sweetwater, um, along with a couple of other um, um, music. uh, uh, Companies that like you know sell gear and stuff, they were all backordered. Because of the the, quarant- uh, the the quarantine and everything, so um, Pioneer especially was like doing stuff almost like per like demand, as opposed to like just making stuff and then filling it out in a warehouse and then saying, "All right, we got several several thousand units to sell." So I called Sweetwater and was really interested in the RX3 because I wanted to upgrade from um, my previous uh, uh, RX system, and they were like, "Okay, well, it's on back order." Uh, so you're probably looking at like, I think it was like July or maybe even August was the the date, and this was like, just like in the beginning of spring. So I was like, fuck, okay, well I guess I'll have to hang tight until then. And then I went on Facebook Marketplace and there was uh, somebody um, over in like Bloomington that was selling a pair of CDJs, no mixer, just the CDJs, and I was like. Well, it would, I would almost be paying the same as I would for an RX3, and I was like contemplating it, so I went and I checked it out, and the the setup was good. I you know tested them out. I used my thumb drive on both um, USB ports and stuff, and everything was like working fine and everything. It was a little bit beat up, um, you know. It, it seemed somewhere in tear, and um, the guy was like, "Okay, well, um, if you're undecided, I'm going to be going to Chicago for the weekend, and then when I come back, I'll, I'll like." I'll hold it for you. Just let me know if you still want it after I get back on Monday. And I was like, all right, bet. So I'm heading home. And then as soon as like, I was like on the freeway, all of a sudden I get a phone call and it was the rep from Sweetwater. I think his name is Mike. And, um, he was like, Hey, good news. And I was like, what? And he goes, um, you jumped to the front of the line. A whole bunch of people didn't want to wait for the back order on, uh, the RX three. So, they basically you went from like 130th to like one in the line and i was like oh okay that's cool so he's like yeah so the next one that comes up will will give you a call i'm like all right bet so then i get home following day get a phone call again from mike answer and and he's just like hey we got an rx3 right now do you do you want it and i was like weighing it out and i basically would have been paying the same, if not a little bit more, for just the CDJs themselves without a mixer. 
So I was like, all right, fuck it. I might as well strike while the iron's hot. So I got the, the RX-3. And then after I got the RX-3, I was telling my roommate about it, too. And uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I almost bought a pair of CDJs the day before. But I just, you know, I was undecided and I held out. And then the RX-3 came in and I said the only thing was that I'd never mix her. He fucking goes downstairs into his uh, crawl space under the, the uh, sub, uh, there's like a little supply closet under the stairs. And he busts out a, a Pioneer mixer that he had. <laughs> just, it was like his backup mixer. And he's just like, yeah, bro, I, I had a mixer here the whole time. You could have fucking had it. And I was like, shit. But, I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a bad play. You know what I'm saying? It was that, you know, I, I traded up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, like, lose any money on the thing or anything else like that. So I was really stoked about that. And plus, you know, the RX3 for everything that I needed it to do was going to be, like, fully functional. Um, I like the fact that, you know, the screen is bigger. Touchscreen um, is really nice. The fact that you can um, you can dual, like, when you're, when you're doing, like, track searches, um, a lot of times, like, on the smaller uh, setups, you know, they, they kind of have to, like, minimize and make everything really super basic and simple. But in this, you can just use your dial and go through, like, your own computer if you wanted to, as long as it's connected. And you can go through all these different uh, playlists and everything else and do these elaborate searches. You can type search. So if you're looking for a song specifically and you're kind of in a crunch and you don't want to have to sit there and scroll through a sea of playlists, you start typing in, you know, one nation under a groove and boom, it'll pop up. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you that getting stuff like fresh out the box is usually the best way to go. Um, you know, certain things, it doesn't matter. You know, if it's like something like, you know, a weight bench or whatever, that's, that's one thing, Yeah, you know, cause yeah. like weights are weights, but when it comes down to cameras and also you never know that that person could be, they, they could have just like given it just enough of a facelift to pass. And then they go, but the, I'm not going to tell you unless you ask me the auto tracking doesn't work yeah. or some shit, That's you know? Yep. So, yeah. You know, it's, or maybe, maybe they didn't know yeah. that for whatever reason, the auto track crapped out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like buying a house, right. buying a commercial building where you're kind of like, fuck, dude, I didn't know that there was asbestos there. Right. You know, first of all, that was your job to mm-hmm. take a look and see right. if there's asbestos there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not at fault. Right. Shit happens. So that's, that's why I said it's like, it's always best to just buy it new. Yeah. And if shit fucks up on that end, mm-hmm. send it back to the supplier, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll either refund you or replace it or whatever, work out a deal Yeah, with it. Um, I just know it's just my personal opinion is like, just don't go cheap on it. Right. You know, or um, if you don't have the funds, mm-hmm. ask a friend that might have that particular, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tech that you're looking for and see if you can just borrow it for a couple of days. Right. You know, for a few days mm-hmm. and shit like you can you can make it happen, or one thing you can do is find like a company that uh, has rentals mm-hmm. for tech. Like there's certain companies that let you rent out cameras, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is that you need for like some however so many days, and you know that they keep that shit in top tier condition because yeah. that's their money maker. Right. Yeah, Angel just did that um, yesterday for the uh, um, for the fuck it we ball event at uh, the Hewing. Um, all the stuff that they had there was all from EMI. Like, nice. all of it was rental. Even the and, disco ball? Yep, everything. Dude, the, that shit is sick. Like, that disco ball, uh, <laughs> the minute I walked in, I was like, I want that disco ball. Because you don't have to hang it from a ceiling. Yeah. It's just like, as, it's as if it was like a like a lamp. Yep. Yeah, that shit was sick. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they, they had a really good setup out there, so I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, shout out to Angel. Shout out to Minneapolis House. Yeah. You know, Marcus Angel. You know, they they fucking killed it for last night. Tara and all them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The ladies killed it. They mm-hmm. did their thing. It was a good vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I love about house music events is that it's always a good vibe. Yep. Um, people are just there to dance. People right. are there to have a good time. There's never ego. Right. You know, roaming around as opposed to like a hip hop event. Like everyone has like their old grunts mm-hmm. coming out and shit. Where a house music event, people are just there to have a good time, man. Right. And just like, you know, do their thing. And shit, and mind their own fucking business, right? You know, like that's we love love that, right? Well, you know the 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 kind of the thing that I think that like a lot of people run into when they think about that is if they if they're used to going to like hip hop events and things that are more um, like uh, 
I don't I don't want to say I don't like I don't like using the word hood because I, I kind of feel like that's a little bit of a misnomer. More grimy. But more grimy, more, you know, like all right, we're going to be going to this juke bar over in like the north side and shit like that is that those nights can be very fun, but there's also like as there's people that are there to have a good time, there's also people that are there to fight. Yeah. There's people there that are waiting for somebody to, you know, uh step on their shoe. Or give them a look for three seconds longer than they wanted, or you know they wanted to dance with that lady, and then all of a sudden she starts dancing with some other dudes, and then now he's got to get all aggro and shit. Um, but like when you go out to house events, disco events, things like that, um, you know it's just a party vibe. People are there to dance, and they're there to socialize and have fun. And I don't think I've ever once been to a house event like specifically a house event, whether it was a dance competition or it was like, you know, an after party after like, let's say a jam and they're going to be playing house music at some bar in like Chicago or something. I've never once seen like, you know, two cats get into it right on the dance floor, you know, Mm -hmm. physically like over some bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody that's usually out there to dance, even if they have a disagreement, you know, they kind of just like, all right, well, I'm gonna go over to this side of the place and just party and stay out of your way and vice versa. Um, Because I think at that point, you know, you don't really want to upset the herd. You know, there's like a really, really, really good tone to the night. And the last thing that you want to have it be is something that ends in like, you know, violence or some awkward situation or whatever. And, um, and it's, it's telling, you know, it, and then you also see the opposite too. Like you see when like civilians that don't know will jump in on some of these parties and you can kind of just tell there's like a whole side of the room where there's like, you know, five or six people that are just fucking trashed and they're falling all over and, you know, and everything. And then finally they kind of just get to a point where they go almost realize they go, yeah, we're, everyone's like looking at us. Like we're really making asses of ourselves. I think we should leave or this place sucks. Let's go to that other place where they play, you know, Cardi B or whatever. There's this one time um, where I did see that happen. I was, it was uh, back in 2011. Mm -hmm. I was in New York uh, for just the boo USA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I ended up going to an event that was that happened the day before Justy Boo, and it was like an all house dance event. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like a house dance seven to smoke. Okay, and I remember seeing one of my boys. His name is Preach. He's from Detroit. Um, he pulled up, mm-hmm. you know. And at the time, you know, uh, Jade Zubari, like he was still like house focused mm-hmm. and house dancing. So, um, you know, obviously both of them from Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, they say what's up to each other. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And Jade's a little more familiar with like the New York natives there. And there was a guy, I can't remember his name, but he was always, he's always been really genuine and nice to me. He's originally from Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, he was talking to Jade. And Preach came up um, and, you know, uh, say, said what's up to Jade because, you know, they're both Detroit natives and shit. Well, the other dude, like, didn't take that to a liking with him interrupting their conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And Preach, you know, is not one to back down. He's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, they kind of got in each other's face. Mm-hmm. And it got so amplified where I was like, what the hell is going on? And you see yeah. Jade, and he's like a small guy, like, trying to, like, push these two big dudes, mm-hmm. like, away from each other. Right. And shit. And, like, it just, it just got so amplified in that room. It's a small room, mm-hmm. you know. But there's, like, maybe about damn near 100 house dancers in there. And everyone went nuts. Like, yeah. No, there were no fists that were thrown, but people were just trying to hold back homeboy from from Houston. Right. And, like, it turns out, like, he ended up being one of the um, the MCs for Justy Boo. Okay. So he had, like, all the OGs that were there. He had all their respect and yeah. everything. And, and uh, Preach, I kind of felt bad because I'm like, fuck, dude, you got, like, you're not in Detroit. You're in mm-hmm. New York. And you got, like, all the, you know, New York natives and the OGs and shit kind of, like, thinking you're like an idiot <laughs> right and stuff so that's the the first time i've ever seen something like amplify at a house event yeah and i'm like damn and i mean and and it's fitting that it's like you said that happened back in like 2011 right it wasn't like oh this is a reoccurring thing and you're trying to sift through like all these different crazy situations it's like that's like the one clear thing that you could remember that was distinct in a sea of like otherwise you know like peace and you know, having a good time. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like, I I think too, that like competitions, um, they do bring out a different type of intensity in people. So, you know, at that place, you know, you're trying to be, 
you know, competitive, you're trying to win or you're trying to shine or you're trying to outdo people and stuff. Um, and then when you go to like, you know, more of like a party environment, it's just a lot of people just wanting to vibe, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, well, Preach is, wasn't even a house dancer to begin with. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's a B-boy mm-hmm. more than anything. So okay. he already has, he has like that B-boy, like, right. you know, funk to him right? and stuff, which we all tend to still have, mm-hmm. you know, it never really leaves you. That's why we're, that's why we're, we're not pussies, right? <laughs> you know, like right. we'll fucking tell you how it is. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, he was at a house event and mm-hmm. I think things just, just stepped off wrong. Yeah. I think they ended up being like super cool okay. after that. Like, yeah, you know, it was just a misunderstanding is all yeah. it was. And which is all usually the case. Right. You know, right. it's like, it's always a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, being guys, being guys, you just say, fuck it, have a yeah. beer and then call it a day. I mean, I've, I've seen that happen even in New York where two people could be having a conversation and it's funny because just depending on like where they, they are like intellectually and like the conversation, one person could just like take the other person's tone as aggression. Yeah. But if they're not listening to what the person's saying, they don't realize actually that maybe the person was being actually very like nice or gracious or they were giving you props or whatever. Or maybe they're tired. And, yeah. You know, you know, and, and, and the same thing too, the opposite, right? Like I've, I've been out places where I was meeting people that I really respect and they almost gave me the cold shoulder. Now, if I wanted to be in my feelings about that and take that personally, then I'd be like, wow, you know, I was very genuine to this person and all they could do is dismiss me. But then I also have to, because like, you know, I've traveled and I've had these experiences. Um, I also know, you know, you can be going through all kinds of shit, right? You, you could be jet lagged. You could have been sitting on your ass judging all fucking day. And all of a sudden now someone comes up and gives you an ear beating because, you know, you, you're finally like away from the, the judges, uh, chairs or whatever. And, um, a lot of it has to do with really like knowing your environment, kind of like really like reading the area in the room and reading people and then being able to say, okay, this person looks like, you know, they're approachable. And even if you start talking to them and they kind of just seem like indifferent or whatever, then you can read that and just go, all right, cool. You know, and just, you know, take that on the chin and just walk away. But I've seen other people that don't like they, they insist and they go, yo man, why the fuck are you being a, a bitch about this or that or whatever? And they want to be confrontational. And the person's like, dude, listen, I'm going through a divorce. I'm jet lagged. Um, the promoter just told me that, that, you know, they're not going to be able to pay me. All this fucking stuff is happening. And now you're up in my face and you want me to like put you on for something. Or do you want to talk about this event or you want to do this or you want to do that or whatever? I'm just not in the mood. I'm, I'm not having it. Or same thing in ciphers too. Sometimes, you know, people are out there and they're dancing and then, um, you'll kind of like, you'll see that they're like in a zone, very particular zone. And I've learned, um, that sometimes you, that's like, that's, that's their playtime in the sandbox. Right. So don't disturb them if they're doing that. Now, if they're open and receptive and they like, they lean over and they say, yo, that was really dope. The way that you did that tech, da, 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 you know, where are you from? All that kind of shit. Then cool. If, If it's an organic conversation. But I've seen people make that mistake. And, you know, it happens when you're young and you're kind of starry-eyed for all these people that you've seen on the Internet and all these various places and stuff. And you go, yo, I get to talk to this person that I admire. But at that moment in time, that person might not be receptive to that because they're like, yo, I'm I'm fucking, I'm just like totally like into the music right now. So I don't want to like start talking with you and then miss out on this, this chance, like this wave that I could be riding. So, yeah, I, I, I get you on that because, um, you know, there have been times, too, where um, even people that have, like, stepped to me and maybe I wasn't, you know, in the right headspace. So um, I didn't understand, like, that, you know, they were coming up, they were trying to connect with me. And then I might have been like, like, I was thinking internally, I never, I'm never vocal about it. Um, some people are very vocal about it. I've seen some people that have, like, no people skills that are just like, what the fuck did you just say to me? You know, like, they were just right off the bat, like instantly aggressive whereas like i might hear a person or you know chatting my ear off and stuff and kind of like yeah 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 that's cool that's cool you know and then eventually they kind of get to a place where they go all right well you're not really talking back so i think i'm gonna kind of keep it moving or whatever and um so i i think that it's it's important to have those types of skills and that that type of awareness because then it'll help you to really like read the room read people their attitudes and sometimes they'll even come back it's that's the dope part is where you might have started 
to initiate something and then you realize that person was not in that place. So you go, you know what, man, um, another time. And then that person maybe like a week later or at a new jam or maybe even like that after party, they go walk up to you and they go, hey, man, I really appreciate the fact that you, I was like, I just got a fucked up phone call like five minutes before and I was like really in a bad place. I'm glad that you gave me space for that. I I noticed that you wanted to talk and everything. So now I'm able to give you my time, you know, and you're like, oh, that's, that's really insightful, you know? So I think that there are those people that are out there, but then there's other people that are just, you know, they're running off of like autopilot, you know, they, they don't stop to really think about, you know, any of the shit that they're going through and they don't understand how that, that projection can impact other people or maybe how their enthusiasm might be interpreted as like, you know, maybe it's coming off as like needy or thirsty, or maybe you're like, uh, maybe you came in with a good intention, but, um, the other person is like, yo, is this a taker? You know, who is this person? Why are they talking to me? Are they trying to get me to come out to some jam and be a judge at some place? I don't know who this person is. Are they trying to butter me up for something? What's the angle? Because there are all those people that are out there too. So, yeah, I, I I get you on that shit. And, you know, seeing that happen, you know, throughout, you know, all the various scenes and stuff is, it can be tiresome and it can be annoying. And there's some people that are very professional about it. They know how to, like, navigate those waters. And I know there's other people that, like, their heart is like directly on their sleeve. So as soon as you step up to them and they don't like what you're saying or they don't like how you're approaching them, they'll fucking, they'll let you know, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah. How was your Christmas? Oh man. It was, um, it was good. Yeah. So, about a day before, mm-hmm. it was yeah, it was last Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it was the twenty twenty third. I injured myself uh, playing golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Hastings, Minnesota. A couple of courses actually today. A couple of courses are still open, which mm-hmm. is very surprising. Yeah. Um, but fuck, man, it's it's cool, but it's scary. Yeah. Because you know, it just shows where our climate's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a different subject. I'm not gonna get into that. Um. Anyways, I was in at a golf course in Hastings, Minnesota called Emerald Greens. I booked a tee time for myself, like eighteen holes to play. Uh, you know, so I'm super excited. I'm pumped. You know, I'm like, fuck yeah! You know, it's late December. I'm about to play golf. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I get there. You know, it's about maybe forty five degrees, which is not bad mm-hmm. for people like us. You yeah. know. Uh, so I get there, I get a bucket of balls, or get two buckets of balls, go to the range to warm up, because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need a warm up. You know, it's it's not it's not 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I got to really warm this body up. I'm right. a lot older. You know, I got to keep be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Warming up in the range, uh, do my usual routine, and I get to a club, which is called the four iron, which is a little longer. You know, it's rep, it's essentially maybe a club or two before you get to your driver. Mm-hmm. So it's longer. Um, I swing it, swing it like maybe three times, you know, flush, basically hit really good shots. And then on the fourth one, just to, you know, just to be sure, I fucking make contact with the ball. I'm like, great, you know. But as soon as I get to the fall through, I heard like, I thought I cracked my rib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because... Um, as soon as I st- extended my arms out, mm-hmm. I heard like a pop, pop. Mm-hmm. Not like really, like it was like a like a pop. Mm-hmm. But then like it went from like the left side of my rib all mm-hmm. the way down to the left side of my back. Okay, lower back. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Are you fucking kidding me right now? So it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. So I just I I just stood there for like maybe a minute. You know, just trying to, like, gather my senses here. Yeah. And I started, like, you know, moving around a little bit. I'm like, you know, I didn't break my ribs. Mm -hmm. I didn't crack him. You know, because this would be very painful, I would assume. Right. You know, and it would probably be a little hard for me to breathe, too. So I'm like, okay, well, that's that's nothing. So I pull my driver out. I'm like, okay, let me try my my driver. Same thing, swing. And then it just felt like everything was like pushing in and pulling out of mm-hmm. my side going down to the my lower back closer to my sciatica mm-hmm. i was like fuck dude this is like before this is like 
10 minutes before my round starts. Okay. I'm like, oh, shit. I take my pitching wedge out, which is a shorter club. Swing it, same thing. I'm just, it's fucking painful. Mm -hmm. So I chill out for about... 10 minutes go up to the putting green ended up putting and chipping and that was fine mm-hmm. i didn't feel any pain i'm like okay well at least i'm a short game yeah uh i got paired up with like three random guys and i tell them right off the bat because it looks like these guys were good yeah it's like hey um i just hurt myself on the range hence if you look at the bucket of balls that's still there i didn't, I didn't even hit them because mm-hmm. i'm fucking hurting and they're like oh shit i was like yeah so um I'm signed up for 18, but I might end it at. I'll see how far I can go. Mm-hmm. The fucked up thing about this situation was it was probably some of the best golf I've ever played <laughs> in so much pain. Yeah. And um, it was so weird. And it would only happen whenever the follow through. Yeah. So, like, I would get to the back, and then as soon as I get through, that's where I feel like everything was just gushing, like pushing in. It just felt so, felt painful as fuck. Mm hmm. But then my ball would go straight. Yeah. And it would go far. I'm like, what the fuck? And the guys were around me. They're like, holy shit. Uh. And I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I would just, they, but they can see in my eyes. I'm like, I'm like, you know, kind of cowering down. I'm like, fuck, that right. hurt. So I get to the ninth, uh, get to the ninth hole, part the shot of, you know, part the ninth hole. And the guy's like, you ready for the other, for the back now? I'm like, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure? And one of them kindly gave me a shot out of their flask. Mm-hmm. He was like, here, have some whiskey in here. and Maybe it'll ease the pain. Helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, dude, just knowing myself, I'm going to push through even harder. And I might, like, actually yeah. fuck myself up. Right. So it's best that I just call it here at nine holes and just go home. Right. So I went home, grabbed a bunch of Salompas patches, and just, like, lathered myself up with these patches. And... It kind of helped, but what really helped was like I just blasted the cold shower yeah. on these on my side, yeah, and it helped out a little bit. So now it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. I actually don't really feel anything. Um, I haven't swung a golf club in like in like a week. Okay, so today I'm actually going to go to the range and indoor range mm-hmm. and like kind of warm it up and see how I yeah. feel because I have an Arizona trip coming up. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't want to go to Arizona like feeling like this, right? Now, I'm a little scared, but, you know, I don't, I've done the follow through and everything, so mm-hmm. I don't feel it. I don't feel anything. Okay. So we'll see what happens, but man, that terrified the shit out of me. And I was like thinking like, what the fuck, like what happened that led to that? Because I, I swear I was fully warmed up and mm-hmm. I warm up quick. Like if yeah. you've known me, like I, I'm sweating with like five minutes into whatever it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It could be just me walking. I'm already sweating. Right. And I'm like, fuck, what the hell happened? And I was thinking, okay, well, session. I sessioned the day before by myself. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun one. Uh, session by myself, um, and I was like, okay, did I do anything interesting? I'm like, well, I did work on some ground moves, so maybe that might have triggered something, mm-hmm. you know, and and maybe it might have, maybe it might have, um, I might have like pinched some sort of nerve that wasn't quite like pinching quite yet until the right. next day. So I was like, fuck, because, yeah, I was doing, like, a bunch of, like, put like a lot of the push-up moves that I do. I yeah. was doing that. So maybe that might have triggered it. And mm-hmm. prior to that, I was always – I've been lifting like crazy. Yeah. Like, doing a lot of lifting workouts and whatnot and, like, getting bulked up from it. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe it all just caught up right, right then and there because I was trying to do something that requires flexibility. <laughs> yeah. I was curious about that if, um, if in your training regimen – um, you do anything for um, uh, like any kind of like uh, torsion moves? Well, yeah. So I, majority of my workouts are like golf based. Okay. Because I don't want to, you know, golf is really important to me mm-hmm. now. So like, I don't want to limit that. So a lot of it is like functional golf based workouts. Okay. But one thing I have been doing, which I need to, you know, this is on me, is I've actually been increasing the weights. Mm-hmm. So maybe that fucked it up. You know, where I should have kept the weights at, like, a neutral, if anything, lower and just increased the reps. Yeah. But I've been like, like, fuck, dude, I don't want to increase the reps. Like, I, let me just increase the weight by, like, five pounds. Right. And I think that's what fucked me up. Do you um do you normally do, like, uh, like a f- like five sets of whatever? For- no, I'll just do three sets. Three sets? Okay. Three sets of, like, eight or ten. Okay. Because yeah. um, one... One that works uh, really well that I've been doing uh, recently is as far as like protocol 
has been uh, German volume training. So you'll do 10 sets of 10, and you want the weight where if you were, you could easily do, um, or not easily, but you could, you could max out at like 20 reps with that weight, but you only do 10 for that. So let's say, for instance, it's like bicep curls, right? And you can do 20 reps with, um, say, like 30 pounds. Then you, instead, instead of doing, you know, um, five sets of 20 to hit 100 reps, you would just do 10 sets. And you would do 10 of 10. And um, it's really good for things like pull-ups because not everybody can do, you know, 20 pull-ups at a time. So if you can, like, um, uh, lower the repetition... But, like, extend your sets, like, go longer with your sets. And it's really good if you're doing it in combination. So instead of you just sitting there for, you know, an hour on uh, one machine or one set of weights, do uh, supersets. So maybe have, like, two or three exercises that you do. And each one of these would just be something that's, like, maybe, like, a push-pull. So, like, if it's, like, a bicep curl, then you would do, like, a a tricep extension. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why cables are really nice for that because... It's so easy just to like change the the uh, the direction of um, the the pulley and you know change the weight if you need to. But um, I started doing that, and that's actually been helping a lot, especially with like range of motion kind of things too. Um, I haven't been lifting as heavy as I used to, and because I had the same thing, um, you know, we've talked about this uh, several times on the podcast, um, where that that pop that you felt was the same thing that I felt when I was doing deadlifts. And I had, uh, you know, my, my back was fine. And then all of a sudden I just did one, uh, one, uh, deadlift, uh, after so many reps. And then I just felt like this, like it was, it was almost as if like someone like really like aggressively, like flicked me in the back. You could just feel this, like, just like this flick, right. With like a couple of fingers and like a sequence and you're like, what the fuck? And then I would, same thing. I was like sitting there, I was like waiting, nothing, nothing. Okay. I think I'm fine. And then I started feeling like a burn. And then after like a while, if I reached past a certain range, I noticed that that burn was like intense. But if I like stayed kind of like in one spot, then it was fine. And then, you know, subsequently, like every day, it started to progressively get worse and worse. And it was because I was still pushing myself, you know, because I was like, all right, well, I think I'm fine because, you know, I'm not like in agonizing pain. And that was when I, you know, flared up my sciatica real bad. And that was almost, you know, I mean, you saw me like... I was coming out to yeah. practice session. I, I couldn't even dance. I literally would just stand there, and then I ended up having to like leave. Yeah, it's important to listen to your body, right? Yeah. So when you got to give it rest, you got to give it rest. Right. And say fuck it. And so, yep. in lieu of rest, I just yeah. Well, I gave golf rest. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to swing a club or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I still kept myself active. Right. To where I know that nothing will be affected on that, and so right, I was still doing cardio. Mm-hmm. Like I would, you know do my normal cardio where I would either um, do like a hit workout. Mm-hmm. So like I would run for two minutes, uh, run for a minute, walk for two or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then I would elevate the, I would incline yep. the, the treadmill or, you know, I would do like, so I'd go on the treadmill for maybe like 15 minutes mm-hmm. or like a mile, Yeah, go on the elliptical for a mile mm-hmm. and then do other shit. Um, just to keep myself active because then i mean shit dude i got a dance competition to get ready for too right, so i'm exactly. like well i can't be fucking i can't really tone it down mm-hmm. i mean yesterday at session i didn't do any ground moves really mm-hmm. i did like maybe one dolphin dive yeah and i was like mm, yeah that's it yeah. you know because i didn't want to push it just in case So like also i taught beforehand too mm-hmm. and it was like more i taught more of like an advanced intermediate class mm-hmm. so i was like fuck dude like yeah. my legs are already burning to begin with right um, but I said, yeah. Anyways, what is it called? The German? Yeah, German volume training. Mm, Hail Hydra. Yeah, Hail Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um. Well, what's what's nice about it is that because uh, there, there's another guy who has a really good protocol. His name is uh, Pavel uh, Tsatsulin, and he's the the godfather of bringing kettlebells to the United States. Uh, mm. He's originally from um, Russia, and. Uh, like and he, and he had been like training like special forces. Yes, so like um, but yeah, he'd been uh, training like Spetsnaz going back to like the days of the Soviet Union, and then um, after the Iron Curtain fell or whatever, then he, you know, he came over to the U.S. and shit. And um, 
his protocol um, is also really good because it's 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 the the Russian system, which goes back to the days of the Soviet Union. Union was never about getting like just like trying to max out like as much weight as you possibly can push. It was kind of the the saying that we hear in, in breaking all the time about drill it till you fill it, right? So it's if you take something that you can do for a thousand reps and you kind of cut it down into sections and then just like you know drill that thing then um even with like the weight you'll notice that um even if you're not increasing like the weight load but you're just adding more uh repetitions um like ever, or more sets i should say then you're getting gains you're getting serious gains that's why like gymnasts for instance um are so like physically fit the way that they are but you don't see them doing you know bicep curls for no you know I think a lot of it's like just body weight. Yeah, and and the thing is that because the rest of their um um the the rest of their body is working in conjunction, you're actually getting like a pure movement whereas like let's say for instance you do something like um like a kettle or not a kettlebell but like a, like a bicep curl, right? The problem with a bicep curl is that in reality that's not as functional as a lot of people think. Because all you're doing is you're working like one range of motion from like an extension to a contraction on your arm. Right. But think about if you were to squat down and pick up like a, a medicine ball and then stand up and curl it to your chest and then pick it up overhead. And then from that overhead position, you like slam the ball down. That That's more realistic to what we do as people. Mm-hmm. Right. We never just like there's never a situation except for professional weightlifting where you're going to need to have like that much strength in just that one range of motion. And that's why when people do like those um, machines specifically, um, they're great for aesthetics. They, you know, for, if you're a bodybuilder and you're trying to like really hammer like a certain part of your arm or your shoulder or your chest or your back, then that's why you're doing that. It's because it's a specialized movement. But when it comes down to function, that's why a lot of those people will also get injured very uh, easily is because of the fact that they're not working like all the other supporting muscles um, around their, their body for, um, for that function. Um, that's why um, when I do things, uh, if, I'm, if I'm weight training, for instance, a lot of my stuff is based off of kettlebells and resistant, resistance bands um, because with the resistance bands, even though it might not be as heavy, what you do notice is that tension that you can kind of keep where, where like, let's say you're about to do something with a resistance band and it feels like it's like dead, like there's no resistance to it. Then, you know, oh, I need to engage my core a little bit more. I need to tighten my abs and turn my shoulders. Now the, the band becomes tight. And then from there, once you keep that maximum level of tension, then when you turn, now it like really goes into like the, resi- the resistance part of it. And when you come back and then you feel where like the tension is just about to like stop that's where you know that you need to stop um and the problem with like weights in that regard is that you can get to a place where you can also even get lazy with your weights so you'll do like a a curl and at the top of the range um or the top of the rep it's you know your muscles are like in the most contracted state and then when you let the arm go sometimes people will like let their forearms like touch their thighs or they'll be like sitting like a like a preacher curl machine or something like that and they'll kind of like relax and at the bottom there's no tension the thing is you want to keep tension throughout it's just that it's it's like you want to have like a kind of a like a relaxed tension where you if if you were to relax anymore your arm would basically give out you don't want that to happen and that's how people get like joint injuries and things like that is because they'll get to a place where they're almost like fully relaxed and then they go to like like a like a fully intense um uh push or a pull or press or whatever um so i started changing up my protocol and um i i recently got a a new slant board which is uh, also really nice um it's great for the knees um it's adjustable it's it's like based on a hinge and it's like a is i think naturally it's at like a 30 degree angle but you can adjust it all the way up to like a 45 um or maybe even higher um but you can do uh, squats with those and you're doing them where it's almost like you're on your tippy toes, but with the aid of this, this board. So when you're doing like your actual squat, you're not uh, putting any like unnecessary uh, pressure on the wrong parts of the joint. And then when you want to do the opposite, 
to um, train the other part of the muscle group, then all you do is like you stand the opposite on the the um, the board, and you'll do you know lunges, or you'll do um, uh, I'll do like kettlebell deadlifts. So my toes are almost like pulled back towards my shins, and then I'm like very very slow and controlled. I'm like bringing the kettlebell down in front of the the slant board, and then coming back up. And all it's doing is it's just working all like the the micro um, portions of like the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments and things. And that's another problem too is that when you lift heavy, you're you're working mostly like the bulk of like the muscle. Oh, my bag. Um, you're you're working like the the bulk of the muscle, but you're not really doing much for the for the tendons, the ligaments, and the joints. And um, so if you don't do like the the finer you know, training the, the, like the, the kind of the stuff that almost seems like, like that, that's why like prehab rehab exercises are so effective. And a lot of people will like get done after like, you know, the eight weeks of, you know, they just got surgery and now they have to sit there on a medicine ball doing like, you know, Russian twists with like a, a, a band or something, but they go, yeah, I felt great though. Like after that whole thing, like I didn't feel like I was really working out like in the traditional sense, I wasn't like, you know, pressing 200 pounds or whatever, but like I just felt like I could like had really good range of motion. I had endurance, all these things. So there's nothing wrong with training, you know, kind of lighter, but just like having extending the the um, the, the the set and the the exercise rather than like keeping it like really super intense. Lift as heavy as you can, as quickly as you can. Burn through your exercise. Go to the next thing because then you're going from like you know exercise to exercise to exercise where you're tired. And now you're lifting like shit. And if you're lifting like shit, you're going to have bad form. And then your foundation is going to unravel. And eventually you're going to be prone to injury. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's tricky, though, because I think that, like, we are kind of used to, like, we watch, like, movies. And we see certain athletes that are performing at, like, their absolute best. And we're like, I want to be like that. So you're in a hurry to get there. But you don't realize that, like, a lot of these track stars are doing stuff that's, like, almost, it almost seems unrelated to their actual event you know you're, you're thinking that they're going to be like doing like deadlifts and all this crazy shit and you're watching them and they're just like hopping on one foot like every couple yards and then switching legs and hopping and then doing like box jumps and you know mm-hmm. doing like these twists with bands and all this kind of good stuff yep. so yeah they um i know that like uh there's a lot of people out in the uh the west coast when i was out there um that are big advocates of that as well. So, you know, a lot of their protocol is like, Hey, I just want to make sure that I keep the, uh, I I keep, you know, my joints and my tendons and my, my ligaments and everything like healthy and I'm flexible and then strength is okay, but it's not really sought after. If you're going to be doing something like for instance, house dancing, where you're going to be dancing for like a long period of time, Mm -hmm. you want to be able to like endure through, you know, your, your run and throughout the entire night and stuff. So it's like you're not really – it's not necessary for you to have, like, power in a lot of the stuff that you do. So so how was your Christmas? Um, my Christmas was good. I I enjoyed it because of the fact that it was, like uh, – it was very, like, low-key, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, typically um, a lot of families can agree, too, that, you know, you know if, if, it's a, if it's a holiday that doesn't end in a fight – where the person like tells the whole family off and then they're like, all right, well fuck you until I see you at Easter. <laughs> you know, it's like in, in this case it was nice. Cause like everybody was, was civil and chill and stuff. So I was, was very happy about that and you know, nothing major, just, you know, kind of just did our thing. Um, what, what was also really cool was, uh, the fact that like, um, my sister and I, we do kind of like a side Christmas as well. So there's like the Christmas that we do with our family, like in uh, in like the whole you know group, and then there's like the side Christmas that like my sister and her uh, fiance and uh, my roommate uh, came over again this year. He did this last year too, and we just keep it chill and you know we have like hors d'oeuvres and you know, we listen to music and stuff. Um, my sister got a new uh, record player not too long ago, so I got her a, a whole bunch of vinyl um, that nice. she's like still like powering through and stuff and nice. yeah so it was, it was a good time yeah shout out to your sister brie yeah. she invited me out to that to the christmas gathering mm-hmm. as well but i had family stuff yeah because that was on christmas eve eve yeah so mm-hmm. we, we kind of figured we were like it's a shot in the dark because you 
you may be busy with your family. So yeah, Filipinos, we do, um, we're all about Christmas Eve. If anything, Mm -hmm. like, uh, at least my family, uh, we go all in on Christmas Eve Mm -hmm. and then Christmas day is just more of just like a chill type shit. That's how I grew up on it. You go to mass on Sunday? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Which is really surprising. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised that my uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that my family we didn't do mass, hmm. which is is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's gonna happen. Go to hell. <laughs> like yeah, it's, you, you go to mass and when we can, and yeah. you know, try to maintain as good people. Well, yeah, <laughs> throughout, the, throughout well, our lives. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's like uh, that's like an issue that I think a lot of people run into when they think like oh well i followed the letter of the law so to speak but then like everything else that they do in their daily events or their daily affairs is like contrary but they're like oh but you know but i went to mass or i went to this thing or i went to that thing i i did what i was supposed to do so i'm okay now and it's just like no you're still a dick it's like taking you know i tell this to all my students that take my class said this shit yesterday where it's like look you're gonna learn a lot of things here today but don't expect to be like fucking phenomenal at it if you're not practicing outside of this class. Yeah, exactly. That's why I have sessions after my class. Right. Because I want you to practice it. Right. Or practice something, please. Right. You know? Well, there's learning and there's training. Yeah. You know? So it's like the the thing that like happens a lot of times in school um, when kids will get done with school and then they go home and they don't think at all about any of the stuff that they've learned. And then they pick it up the next day. They resume. And then there's, like, other people that go, okay, well, as soon as I get home, I'm going to power through, like, the rest of my homework. That's still going to kind of be in the forefront of my mind. And then tomorrow when I have to take that test, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm going to be prepared because I was still, you know, focused on it. Yeah, I was never that kid, man. Mm-hmm. I, I was – I did not like school. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the social part of it. Mm-hmm. I did like PE, if I had. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like any well, – uh, okay, there were some classes I liked. Right? Yeah. I mean, I was always into history. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like metals class because of my teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I didn't really give a shit about any, yeah. about any of that stuff. Like, I didn't care about homework. Um, I was, like, mediocre at taking tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost didn't graduate high school because I was traveling a lot yeah. in my high school years. Yeah, I was traveling, like, to the Philippines multiple times. Mm-hmm. I was – I mean, that was like the up, like the, what do you call it? The charge of my breaking career. Right. So I was traveling a lot for that and I just didn't really give a shit. Um, almost didn't graduate, mm-hmm. but ended up walking, ended up graduating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just never really into school. Didn't really care about it. And then, um, you know, there's like that whole, that whole, uh, image of like, which is kind of interesting, right? Because then you, then you start looking at like all these like really successful people in the world mm-hmm. that have built a lot of the things that we use today, like iPhones and shit like that. And none of these people, yeah, cared about school either. Yeah. Or you look at Facebook. I mean, Zuck, like fucking, what dropped out of Harvard? Yeah. To create Facebook, right? Like it's it's insane. But that's a whole nother topic. I don't I don't want to dive into. I mean, it's more than anything going to sound cliche, anyways. <laughs> Um, but I think we should end it right here. Um, once again, uh, we have our event this Saturday, um, next Saturday. Yep. Um, rock lounge, rock lounge at the rock lounge. So right in front of Schmidt artist loft on West 7th street in St. Paul. Yeah. Only five, five bucks to get in $5 cover, uh, 21 plus, um, should be a good time. Um, I also have my class and, uh, session on Friday. So classes from seven 30 to eight 30 and then sessions from eight 30 to 10. So come through mm-hmm. classes, a $15 drop in and then, um, sessions free. Yeah. So please come through. It'll be fun. Um, depending on who all shows up, I'll be running through basic moves, which is my usual routine for every first Friday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh shit! Do we have a session? Because the first Friday of the month, house proud is yeah. So I don't think we will have session, but we will have class though. So seven thirty to eight thirty. Um, again, fifteen dollar drop in, running through basics, maybe a little choreo here and there, but for sure a cipher at the end of it. Yeah. 
So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Styles and Driss. And we will talk to you soon. Happy New Year. Have a happy New Year, y'all.